there was a woman that came um, and she she stood for the whole time and she was looking at me like bright eyed and she came up to me later and we had a conversation and she said that she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's a couple of years ago um, and that she had used the ketogenic diet and then found my protocol and she'd been using that since then um, and she's been able to maintain stage one. She can live by herself. She doesn't need care. Uh, she just has to be careful with how many carbohydrates she eats. Um, and it was just such a magical moment. Wow. She kept saying thank you. And I'm like, oh, I didn't do anything. I just shared some information. You did all the things. But to just for me to speak with somebody that was diagnosed with Alzheimer's years ago, being able to maintain it on a ketogenic diet and reverse a lot of the things that was happening to her was just, I don't know, it came full circle. I was crying. She was crying. It was really emotional. What is going on, my friends? Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Cut the Crap Podcast, where every single week I'm bringing a book to you. I'm condensing it down to its core golden nuggets. I'm bringing the author onto the show to have a conversation about the book, about the golden nuggets, and I'm here just trying to save you a little bit of time. Now, if you enjoy the show, if you're a long-time listener, if you're a first-time listener, please rate and review the show. Take a minute out of your day, rate and review the show, and while you're at it, take a screen capture of your ranking, of your review, and send it to me. Send it to me my email, ryan.calajuri at me.com. Now what that's going to do is going to put you into a draw this quarter and every other quarter moving forward for a prize. This month's prize, or this quarter's prize, what are we giving away? We're giving away a MacBook Air. So I don't know if you're a Mac fan, if you're a PC fan, doesn't matter, just Put it in, get the prize. If you want to sell it, you sell it. If you want to use it, you use it. It's going to be around Christmas time, so you can give it away around Christmas. Not a bad prize, right? All right, so this week, what are we talking about? This week, we're taking it a little bit of a different path. And you might be saying, Ryan, why are we changing it up this week? What are we doing? So this week, we're doing the Keto Diet, the Complete Guide to a High-Fat Diet. And for those of you who have been long-term listeners of the show, you might be thinking, wait a second, we usually do a business book here, book on marketing or sales, or now you've kind of moved into self-help, but diets, man, what are you doing about diets? Why are you getting into these kind of books? Well, it's really simple. To me, the reason why I want to do this is because every single week I look at this show, Cut the Crap Podcast, as my opportunity to provide stimulus for your life that could potentially change the course of, or the course, the direction of your life. You know, maybe it's a marketing book that gets you a certain result in work and it you know, accelerates your career. Or maybe it's a self-help book that helps you turn things around. Just like the keto diet, perhaps bringing this information to you by getting you on a different diet, a different eating routine, having you examine what you eat a little bit more differently than how you're currently doing it. Maybe this is enough to change your life. I don't know. For a lot of you, for most of you, probably not. But for some of you, it could. And at the end of the day, I'm not trying to appease the masses. I'm here trying to provide a service to everybody where I'm giving away information. Hopefully, it's going to change somebody's life. And if it changes just one life, it's all worth it. And it's so cliche, though. It's so cliche. Everyone always says that, right? Where if it changes just one person's life, it's worth it. But to me, it is. I'm doing this for free. I'm taking the time out of my day. And what makes me want to do this? What makes me want to spend hours of my time on here reading a book and talking to the author, recording this, editing this, getting it out? Like, why? Honestly, it's just to change one person's life. And if I can do that, then that's what fuels me. That's what keeps me going. And I hope you understand that. 
So that's why this week we're taking a little bit of a different spin and we're talking about the keto diet because I know a lot of people who have gone on to the ketogenic diet and they found great results and results that have changed their lives. I have a friend in my circle, a very good friend of mine who started on the ketogenic diet and needed it out of necessity. They needed something to help increase the quality of their life and they went on the ketogenic diet and found amazing results. So that by itself made me perk up and say, there's something here. And I started to look a little bit more into ketosis and what have you from my own personal stories of fasting and, you know, um, increasing my, level, my, my ketone level in my body and seeing how that felt. And it made me really respect the difference of opinion that we're used to where, you know, fat's a bad thing. Fat's a bad thing. Well, fat's not always a bad thing. In fact, it can actually be a good thing. But in any case, I don't want to get too far into it. Without further ado, let's crack right in this one. I've been talking too much here. So this is the Ketogenic Diet, the Complete Guide to a High-Fat Diet by Leanne Vogel. I'll catch you back here at the end of the interview. Enjoy. I'm very excited today to bring you our guest, Leanne Vogel, the author of The Keto Diet, The Complete Guide to a High-Fat Diet. It's a long title. With more than 125 delectable recipes and five meal plans to shed weight, heal your body, and regain confidence. Leanne, how you doing? I'm so good, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Ah, thanks for being on the show. Fellow Canadian as well, too. Love it. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can give me a quick introduction to um, who you are, what you do, and why you ended up writing the book in the first place. Yeah, you bet. So my name is Leanne Vogel. I started a blog called Healthful Pursuit back in 2010. That was about three years after I studied uh, holistic nutrition at CSNN in Canada. And when I was studying holistic nutrition, this would have been about a decade ago, it's crazy how time flies. Uh, I really just studied nutrition to learn about food and what it did in my body. I had no interest in working in the field. I was a successful um, online marketing manager for a payments company. I, I thought I had all my stuff figured out. And then I learned nutrition. And at the end of it, I was vegan at the time. And at the end of it, I figured, you know, like, I know too much not to share this with the world. And so I started taking on clients, didn't totally love the one on one thing. Uh, and that's when I started my blog. And through the transition of my health, I mean, I found um, nutrition in a really interesting part of my life where I didn't totally understand that food had such a huge impact on how uh, my brain functions specifically. I had ADHD from the time I was about 11. That's when I was diagnosed and um, upwards until I went off my medication when I found the ketogenic diet. Uh, I just thought that this was the way that my brain would function, that it would always be foggy, that I would always uh, just not be able to concentrate on things or not be able to speak clearly. I had a really hard time um, voicing my opinion and, and clarifying my thoughts and, and communicating that out to the world. And so really how I found the ketogenic diet was years after I had studied nutrition, learning that the ketogenic diet was super unsafe and it was ketoacidosis and it was a dangerous state, which isn't the case. <laughs> um, I had not had a period in over six years at that point. So my menstruation had totally gone away. And as an early 20 something, I really didn't care. But as I started getting older, uh, it started becoming a problem. My brain wasn't functioning at all. Um, my hormones were looked like somebody had just taken a light switch and turned them off. Everything was low cortisol, DHEA, progesterone, estrogen, like wow. everything. And I was having a really hard time recovering from workouts. I was an athlete at that point, um, training upwards of four to five hours a day for races and things like that. And 
So I went to the naturopath and she said, well, have you heard of a low carb diet? I said, that's crazy. She said, look it up, look it up, like look into it. And then I purchased my first keto book, Keto Clarity. And I read that book in, I don't know, probably a day. I just consumed it really quickly. And I said, you know what? I haven't tried this keto thing. I'm going to give it a go and see what happens. And so a ketogenic diet is a low carb, high fat eating style where we are burning fat as energy instead of glucose for energy. So if you are eating carbohydrates right now, chances are you need a breakfast, a lunch, a dinner, and perhaps some snacks because in this state, our body can't actually store a lot of carbohydrates. So we're constantly hungry. We're constantly wanting to replenish those stores. And our body, when it has those carbohydrates cycling through our body, we are storing fat in cells. We're increasing a thing called glycerol, which which ports fat into cells. We're not able to burn fat when insulin is out in our bloodstream. So it becomes this really inefficient way of fueling. But with a ketogenic diet, we are lowering the insulin, we're lowering that glycerol um, so that the fat can come out of cells, the fat can be burnt, uh, the fat can be used for energy. And in my case, and probably for a lot of people listening, brain function goes way up. And even with uh, intermittent fasting, I'm sure that you experience the same of just your brain being so on point. And it's such a weird feeling the first time it happens of, whoa, this is how, this is, this is normal. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like my brain feels high. Like I can do so many things and it's so um, clear. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that was kind of the way that I found keto and kind of what keto is. And we can definitely get into all the benefits I've yeah, for seen sure. with the ketogenic diet. It's funny how you say that. What do they call it? They call it keto keto brain when you get that uh, that rush of ketones. It, it's it's really funny. When I was fasting, that was something where I believe it really came about on maybe midway through day three, where all of a sudden I just felt this like sudden, I don't know, the, the word I use, it sounds dramatic, but it's just how I felt, but just sudden euphoria in my mind. And I was mm. like, holy smokes. And I remember talking with my friends who were also doing the fasting as well. And I was working maybe about five hours straight, just concentrated, focused mm. work. And I broke away for a second. I said, guys, I've been working for four or five hours straight. I'm like, this fasting thing is awesome. And they're just like, it's amazing. And I got to give credit to one of my friends who actually um, got me started on the fasting kick. And um, uh, to me, it really got me down this path of, of exploring my health differently and um, looking at the role that foods play in our life. And to me, maybe that's one thing that I want to start off with here on the podcast, because to me, food is something that maybe we don't think deeply enough. We know that there's good food. We know that there's bad foods, but widespread chronic health problems, they're not being resolved by common medical practices. They're not being resolved by the current foods that we're eating. You know, in the book, you reference the fact that in the United States alone, 5 million women have polycystic ovary syndrome. 26 million people have diabetes. 3 million people are plagued um, with neurological disorders. And 1.6 million are diagnosed with cancer every year. So when you think about that, why is that the case? Like it's the food that we're putting in our body is kind of what I'm getting from this. Yeah, and all the items that I listed in the book, you know, we're talking about PCOS, diabetes, neurological, cancer, uh, they all tie in with blood sugar dysregulation. And I mean, when you start to see what people are eating, oftentimes I go to the grocery store and I just kind of look at what people are loading their carts with. And you can tell when people are trying to eat healthier, but they don't have correct information. So they're going toward like, fruit snacks without sugar, total win, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's what I thought. Or, you know, unpasteurized juice, 
you think that that's good. And so I think a lot of it boils down to education specifically about the vast amount of carbohydrates we're eating on a daily basis. And I, I just finished watching that sugar movie a couple of days ago. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard of that documentary, but um, just kind of looking at all those quote unquote healthy foods that get you um, so full of sugar. And you know, that was definitely my experience too, of thinking that I was doing right by my body, but having so many carbohydrates. And I'm not going to sit here and say, carbohydrates are bad, don't eat them. It's really the quality of the food that we're choosing. And also, um, there isn't a lot of responsibility out there on people taking their health into their own hands. You know, we watch commercials and we get some information from that and we read a magazine and we get some information from that, but it really comes down to education. And how I've always learned about my body and nutrition is going toward people and aligning myself with, you know, gurus out there about nutrition that say, it's not a my way or the highway approach. Here's some information. This is what I've learned. It might work for you. It might not. Um, but give it a try. If anyone says, you know, coconut oil is bad, don't eat it, it's going to kill you, then probably I don't really want to be following that individual. Um, <laughs> So I think it just goes back to taking responsibility for your own health. And in the case of PCOS and diabetes and even mood disruption, my husband and I were sitting around talking about how the world is so messed up and people are making, you know, horrible choices and there's lots of violence. And Kevin, my husband goes, I wonder how much that has to do with their diet. Like, I wonder if because they're having 12 sodas a day, if they're, you know, mentally unstable because of the sugar and making these violent um, actions just because mm -hmm. they're, they don't even understand what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a really scary space. And I think that's why I got into it. I was just like, I know too much. And I think I can totally. share some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's a really, it's a really scary thing. I have a feeling that maybe there's might be some people out there who might have rolled their eyes at you when you said that, where it's just, you know, the conversation you and your husband were having, where it's just, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the, the violence and, and what have you, and it kind of points back to food. But I, I completely agree with you, not just because you're on the line here with me right now, but it's, it is absolutely true. And I think that you really start to discover that about yourself when you start to eat differently. When you start yeah. to look at nutrition differently, not not just look at it from a from an intellectual perspective, but when you actually start to eat differently. Um, for myself, you know, I started focusing more on gut health, and all of a sudden, like my mind just works differently. I'm able to put together sentences more clearly. I'm able to negotiate far more strongly in the boardroom, and it's just, mm. what was the factor that changed? Oh, it was my diet. Interesting. Well, we always say we are what we eat. And your gut health is an important piece to that. And that's a completely different topic altogether. But what you put in your body plays a huge role in, in, in everything that I'm learning. And to me, it was the scary thing really when it comes down to this is, is the whole role that, that sugars play in our, in our, in our, um, in our lives. To me, it's, it's, you see sugar in almost everything these days. And to me, I kind of think it's like a drug. I had, I'll tell you a quick story here. Um, a couple weeks ago, I had some friends coming over, and they uh, went down to um, to Target in um, in Minneapolis, and uh, I I had no idea, but apparently in Target they have a whole row of just Oreo cookies. So they went down there, they loved Oreos, they brought them up, and they came over to my house, hung out, and they brought all these Oreos over. I had maybe five, six, seven Oreos, and um, next morning because I I usually eat fairly clean, I, I kind of felt a little hungover, and mm. they left them here. And it's really funny what happens. I never craved Oreos before. For the past maybe week and a half, I've been fighting the craving 
to go and open up that bag of Oreos and just start eating them. And I'm like, why do I have this craving that I'm fighting off with all my will? And I'm sitting there looking at the bag. I'm like, I want to eat it. My mouth starts drooling. I'm like, oh my God, I feel like a drug addict. Like I am actually addicted to the sugar and I'm being drawn to it. And every single day, it's like I'm, I'm fighting that urge. And it's because I just loaded up my body with sugar. And now I'm trying to get my body out of that state of always wanting that sugar. But it's scary. It's scary that if you don't have the willpower to fight it, what are you doing to your body? Like each, two Oreos are 14 grams of sugar. Like, dear Lord, like talk about a, an overload. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, and willpower is this interesting muscle that if you've been dieting for a really long time, there comes a point where willpower becomes such a weakened muscle mm. because you've tried to use it over and over and over and over and over that, you know, a lot of people, that's why a lot of people say, okay, diet starts tomorrow and they last until 10 a.m. Yeah. until they eat the Oreos. Because it, just, right. it becomes that, that vicious cycle of the dieting loop. And you're right when it comes to sugar. Um, you know, I did a really interesting thing when I was trying to create a little bit more food freedom in my life. Um, I, I did pretty much the opposite of I got a ton of candy and I put it in a bag and I put it in the closet um, and I just said, you know, anytime you want that sugar, you can have it. Hmm. And for the first two weeks, I had it almost every day. <laughs> and then there came a point where it's like, no, this sugar makes me feel horrible and I'm choosing not to eat it. Hmm. And so I think for anyone listening that's like, wow, Ryan, how are you having those Oreos in your house and not eating every single last one? Because <laughs> they'd be gone already. It, it really comes to your weakened willpower muscle. And just if you allow yourself and give yourself the freedom to eat it, being conscious to what it does in your body, you'll quickly realize that those Oreos, just like you said, the next day feeling completely hungover. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. That was definitely the Oreos. Do I choose to feel like this tomorrow? Because I, I haven't had an Oreo hangover, but I've had sugar hangovers and just that foggy brain, horrible mm. feeling that we probably have, we're so used to when we ate a ton of carbohydrates or when we didn't fast, um, becomes, quite a nuisance. I just, mm -hmm. I choose not to have that in my life anymore. Let's talk a little bit about calories now. So a lot of people who maybe go towards the ketogenic diet, maybe they want to lose weight. And to me, the a cool thing from the book that I learned was that weight loss isn't just about the calories. And you talked to us about how before you were consuming 1200 calories a day, you were tracking every single morsel that went into your mouth and you were obsessing about food preparation, dieting, weight loss. But now there's days where you consume around 3,000 calories and you don't track your foods and yet you're smaller now than you were back then. You got to tell us about that. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even mind blown for me. Yeah, I think it very much in line with the whole willpower muscle. I mean, when you're dieting and I come from like, I know dieting, I've done the cabbage soup, I've done the Hollywood, I've done, the, I, I've done everything. Um, and so... <laughs> You know, from a very young age, I was probably in grade five when I went on my first diet, you become accustomed or your, your metabolism becomes accustomed to um, functioning at a lower calorie amount. So say your natural body burns 2,000 calories in a day, that's where it feels healthiest and happiest and everything's working uh, and you want to lose some weight. So what do you do? You lower your calories. So now you're eating 1,800 calories a day and you're slowly losing weight. A couple of weeks, maybe months later, you stop losing weight. So you lower your calories. So now you're at 1,500, you're losing weight again, all is good. You hit a plateau, you, you lower the calories. So what's happening when you're hitting those plateaus is that your body is down-regulating your metabolism to be able to keep up with the amount of calories coming in. Because 
your body wants to be healthy and balanced and it's going to do everything it can using homeostasis and a bunch of other things to make you feel as good as possible in the moment with what you have. And so your body's down regulating. Perhaps if it gets too low, like in my case, I just stopped menstruating because my body's like, well, if she's only eating 1100 calories a day and she gets pregnant, we're probably going to die, you know, <laughs> so it just shuts down these processes, even uh, your hair growth. Now that I'm eating enough calories and also eating enough fat, my hair grows so fast. Mm. I have to get a haircut every about week and a half mm -hmm. to two weeks. I sport a little bob that's kind of like shaved at the back. So <laughs> it just, it grows about, I think we, we tracked it. It's about an inch and three quarters every week and a half. Wow. That's how quickly my hair grows. And it never used to do that because I wasn't eating enough. So your body will start cutting down these processes in order to function with less calories. So that's kind of the calorie um, issue that we have. And also there's a note of calorie quality. So you cannot tell me that five calories of soda, I love using that as an example, versus five calories of broccoli is the same thing. You just can't. Like, one is higher quality, and you could even say, okay, well, broccoli, it could be, you know, it's part of the dirty dozen because of all the pesticides and herbicides using on it. So is five calories of conventional broccoli the same as five calories of organic broccoli? Well, I don't know. Like quality, you're probably getting more nutrients. So there's so much more to the conversation than just about calories, and it really comes down to the quality of your food and also the macros that you choose. And macros are macronutrients, so those are your fats your carbs, your proteins, and if you go for, say, I don't know, five calories of a hot dog versus five calories of grass-fed beef, I mean... Big difference. Yeah, huge, huge <laughs> difference. Like, fat quality, the nutrients, the taste. <laughs> like, it, it's a big, big difference. So <clears throat> I think we need to get out of that calorie conversation. That's really... What I noticed, you know, when I went from, I mean, there were days where I was under a thousand calories tracking what I was eating, going to bed hungry, um, just trying to get to that next level of weight loss. Um, and now I just eat when I'm hungry. I mean, it sounds like such a strange thing, you know, to trust your body to eat when it's hungry, but your body wants to be a natural weight. And that's why a lot of us will go on diets and then, you know, a couple of months, maybe even years later, we go back to that weight that we were at or we're trying, we're struggling with that last 10 pounds. In many cases, those quote unquote last 10 pounds are the pounds that your body needs or feels most comfortable at mm -hmm. um, because of the quality of food that you're eating or even because of your hormones. There's a lot more than just calories. That's word. Oh. So now that we're kind of moving into the discussion about calories and changing what you eat, this is our time now where I really want to break into what is the ketogenic diet and why do people want in on it? Mm. Yeah, so we chat a little bit about what the ketogenic diet is. We're using fat as energy instead of carbohydrates as energy. Now within the ketogenic space, there are a bunch of different options on how you can choose to fuel yourself. And, you know, the first six months of me eating ketogenic, I did the standard protocol of like 
lots, well, not lots, but quite a few processed foods. And I was really, really focused on more so the macros than the quality of the food. Um, I was eating very, 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 very low carbohydrate, under 20 grams. And so I noticed after about six months, my hair was falling out. I wasn't sleeping. I was shaking all the time. I had zero energy. I had pins and needles all over my body. Uh, so that is one approach that Although it didn't work for me, a lot of people thrive on, you know, cheese and processed things like they're, they're good. They feel good. I'm not going to argue with that. Sure. But for me, it didn't work. And so my approach is what I call uh, the fat field protocol. And that kind of looks at a couple of pillars in the ketogenic space by, you know, lowering your amount of carbohydrates, increasing your fats, taking a look at the quality of those fats, you know, like coconut oil, avocados, you know, whole food sources like nuts and seeds, um, and yeah, there is definitely bacon in there because, I mean, bacon's delicious. <laughs> um, and then also, you know, making sure that you're eating enough and that you're not forcing yourself to fast. I find specifically a lot of women force themselves into a fasting state when they're really, really not ready and they're starving the whole time and they think that this is fasting and it shouldn't be like that. It should just be like, I'm not hungry. I'm not going to eat. Therefore, I'm fasting. You know, <laughs> two very different things. Um, so that's kind of the ketogenic diet. Um, in a nutshell. Right. So one of the things that maybe some people are, are questioning and they, they might have questions about is when you're talking about kicking it off and eating a lot of the processed foods. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think that when you mention that people are thinking like, what, this is this diet all about me eating Burger King and McDonald's all day and that's how we're kicking off this diet? Like, Ryan, what are you talking about here? Leanne, what are you talking about? I thought this was good for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of people when they eat ketogenically, they're just thinking low carb, high fat. So yeah, you could go to McDonald's and order a burger without the bun. Um, and you could go to, you know, A&W and do the same thing or um, eat cheese sticks and pepperoni in your car. Uh, so what I'm suggesting is maybe like tomorrow or uh, whenever you go to the grocery store, kind of look around and see what low carb vegetables are around like celery, asparagus, um, cucumber, romaine, any sort of greens are low carb. Um, and then for proteins, we're thinking, you know, I go for more grass fed if that's not an option for you and grass fed is too expensive where you live or it's not in your budget. Totally cool. Um, go for more of the leaner proteins and add your own fat to it. So if you can afford grass fed, things like grass fed beef and uh, pasture raised chicken, I really like chicken thighs, um, nitrate free bacon and things like that. But if you can't do like chicken breasts and add coconut oil to it, when we're talking about fat, I really, really, really enjoy cooking with lard. Yeah, the, the word is out. Lard is not a bad thing. Animal fats, although they are saturated, can actually help your cholesterol profile um, by increasing your HDL, believe it or not. Um, so <laughs> those are just some of the foods that I go toward on a daily basis. So mm -hmm. I would suggest that if you're interested in starting a ketogenic diet, it's really just familiarizing yourself about the carbohydrates you're currently eating and how you can switch those out as well as increasing the amount of fats in your diet like avocados, mm -hmm. coconut oil, avocado oil. There's a lot of change in perspective I think when, when people start to hear about the ketogenic diet which is why I like it because originally when people think about fats they just think oh fat equals bad. You don't want fat. Fat's just not a good thing. The ketogenic diet is all about having this high-fat diet, and so there's a lot of foods that people would eat or include in their diet that would be high-fat. So like you're saying, some of those things are like MCT oil, avocados, mm. um, coconut oil, 
So if someone's getting into the keto diet, it might sound a little bit scary because now you're forcing them to, well, not forcing them, but the keto diet saying you're going to be eating more foods that are high in fat. But people have for the longest time thought that fat was bad. Um, you know, cooking with, you know, eating bacon. Well, that's just bad. You shouldn't be eating bacon and the fat from that is bad. So you're really asking people to take a big leap here now to say, mm -hmm. hey, fat's good. So there are a bunch of different things. And I know that I felt the same. I came from a uh, not even just a vegan diet, but a no fat vegan diet. So if you really look on my website way, way, way back in the day, um, I prided myself in cooking with water instead of any sort of oil. And so it was a huge uh, hurdle for me to get over. Uh, so right when I uh, announced to the world that I had started eating ketogenic. I quietly ate keto for almost three months, just uh, behind the blog, not really telling anyone, not telling any of my clients I wasn't ready. Um, and the way that I got over that, some of the main reasons or main ways rather, is looking at the science behind fat. And really, you can, the problem with science is that you can get it to really do whatever you want. You can find studies out there that prove that fat is bad and you can find studies out there that prove that fat is the best thing. So it really comes down to your experience with fat and also the quality of the fat. So a lot of the studies and things that I was looking at were, you know, they would combine trans fats with saturated fats and then say that saturated fats were bad when it was the trans fats that were contributing to it. So really look at it. And if you don't have time for it, I'll kind of go over the 10 things that I noticed. Um, so increasing dietary fat consumption keeps you satiated and reduces uh, crazy hunger pains, mm. leading to less overeating and binging. So that's the first one. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can try that tomorrow. Eat more fat than you normally would and notice that you don't, you don't crave as many carbohydrates or you feel a little bit fuller at the end of your meal. So that's an easy one. The second is um, increasing dietary fat consumption uh, reduces your blood triglyceride level. So this is in conjunction with lowering your carbohydrates and increasing your fat lowers your triglycerides. And triglycerides are really important because if you speak to any um, endocrinologist or maybe you have blood pressure concerns or cardiovascular concerns and you're working with a doctor on that, if they're up with the current um, status of cholesterol, what's really important is that when we're looking at good cholesterol versus bad cholesterol that we're comparing triglycerides, to HDL. And by eating higher fat and lower carbohydrate, we're lowering our triglycerides and increasing our, our HDL. Two things that we want when we look at our cardiovascular system. The third one is that adequate good fat intake helps prevent depression. Um, I'm actually working on a paper right now looking at anxiety and depression and panic disorders and even OCD and the benefit that it can have on our neurological condition and, and um, uptake of our neurotransmitter serotonin that makes people feel better. Um, so that's another piece. Mm -hmm. The fourth one, um, increasing dietary fat consumption, like we talked about, raises that HDL, which is our good cholesterol. Uh, the fifth one is that cholesterol which comes with fat is used to make hormones. So this is a big one hmm. for the ladies specifically. Something that I noticed is that my cholesterol when I before I started the ketogenic diet was 
too low that my body couldn't create the sex hormones it needed, including cortisol. So I was having a really hard time getting through my workday. I was having a really hard time focusing because my cortisol was actually too low um, because I had gone through adrenal dysfunction and it had gone from high to low. So cholesterol, think of it as the precursor to all of your hormones. So you actually need cholesterol in order to create hormones. Without it, you got nothing. It's also needed to synthesize vitamin D, so if you're moody and not feeling good, um, cholesterol could be um, at fault there because it's not helping with that um, vitamin D uptake You know, when you mm-hmm. sit in the sun. The sixth one is that increasing dietary fat consumption reduces blood sugar and insulin levels. So we chatted about how you have those blood sugar highs and lows throughout the day. Um, <laughs> with eating fat, you don't have as many of those highs and lows, and that can help with releasing fat, burning fat. I know it's kind of strange. I know I had a really hard time getting over um, eating fat helps you lose fat. Like it just, mm-hmm. it's, it's unfortunate that it's called the same thing because dietary fat is not the same as the fat that's on our bodies. Just like right. cholesterol in food isn't the same as what our bodies make. If you stop eating cholesterol in food, your body will just make more. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no way to stop it. <laughs> And the seventh one is fats increase the size of LDL cholesterol. So there's a couple different types of LDL cholesterol, um, LDL-A particle size and LDL-B particle size. And A particle size are like these big fluffy little cells and they're, they're porting things all over and they're doing what they need to do. But particle size B is not a good thing. So we're talking about saturated fat intake specifically helps the size of those LDL cholesterols and t- turn them into those big fluffy ones that are harmless. Hmm. The, eighth, the eighth one is fats are loaded with nutrients like vitamin A and E and K2, especially if you're looking for more of the grass-fed mm-hmm. uh, you know, tallow or pasture-raised lard, they're going to have a lot more nutrients than, say, uh, corn oil. <laughs> <laughs> Omega, omega, and so the ni- the ninth one is omega three fats help to turn on genes that are involved in lipolysis. So that means that when you're having omega three fats, like say uh, pecans or walnuts or flax seeds or maybe some salmon at dinner, that you're actually turning on the genes that allow you to burn fat and turning off the genes that allow you to store fat. And then the tenth one is that fats help you to maintain your ideal weight by maintaining a healthy, balanced metabolism. So that's why I'm able to eat, you know, sometimes it's 3,000 calories one day and sometimes it's, you know, I'm fasting the next day. Um, But overall, my metabolism is a lot stronger. So those are the ten things and I've memorized those because (laughs) I kept every time I was having a hard time with eating more fat, I went back to those studies and everything that I pulled and I said, no, Leanne, like just try this. It'll be okay. And those are the things that I repeated over and over in my head. Um, nice. And now I'm so happy that I did because my life has completely <laughs> changed because of it. So I can include the link to the post that, that all that stuff is on because it includes all the science oh, sources and everything if people are interested. Absolutely. No, definitely. Send that, to, uh, send that to my email afterwards. I think it'd be great. I'll put that in the show notes. Cool. You know, it's, I guess the one, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on because I want to bring content to people that – you know, that could potentially change their lives. Every single week, I want to bring a book that could change somebody's life. And the keto diet is one that could really change someone's life. And your health, man, if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. So if this book helps you think deeper about your health, helps you think deeper about what you're putting in your body, then um, then that's a good thing. Now, one of the cool things from this, Leanne, and I kind of want to wrap this up on this note here, but I really love the fact that you know, in my mind, I'm like, okay, now that I got this keto thing figured out, 
I've dedicated myself to it. I've changed up my grocery list. You know, the book goes in and tells us the kind of foods we can eat, the kind of foods we can't eat, how to develop our grocery list. I'm like, how the heck do I make all these these meals? Well, you make it really easy for us because you include more than 125 recipes and meal plans for us. So maybe something you can do for us to kind of intrigue us. Give us maybe one or two of your most favorite recipes from the book. Okay. It's really hard because I love each and every single one. Um, it's sort of like picking your favorite child. Uh, and these are recipes that I make over and over and over again. It's not just ones I made for the book. I mean, these are favorites I've made for the last three years at least. Um, bacon wrap meat, meatloafs, and they're just these like mini meatloafs. So they're really easy. They don't require extra pans and pots and things uh you just shape them into a little mini meatloaf wrap it with bacon cook it it's really simple and then part of the ketogenic diet is eating a lot of fat like we talked about um so there's a thing called fat bombs and basically they're little things that you can eat just to boost up your fat say you're feeling a little flat that day or you're going for a training session or maybe a really important meeting and you need to be turned on um so my favorite one for that i I call them almond chai truffles and they're basically um Um, Any sort of nut or seed butter that you want, whatever you have handy, um, some sort of fat. I like to use the fat from chocolate to make it taste like chocolate because why not? And then you can use any sort of spice. I use chai spice, but you can use cinnamon or even cardamom is really good. Mm. Um, Any sort of sweetener. And then you just round them up into little balls and you put them in the freezer. And then they're like little fat balls and they're really tasty. So (laughs) those those would be my two favorite that just popped out at me. One sweet, one savory. Very cool. Very cool. Hey, you know, actually, one more thing before before we end this off, um, something that might that might help people as well too, because uh, to me, I mean, this has maybe been about three years of, of of research and kind of learning learning ketosis and what have you. Do you have any success stories to share with us besides your own, like stories of people where they've come to you and they've said, like, listen, like I've been trying the keto diet, Leanne, and this is my result. Do you have any stories like that you might be able to share with us? Yeah, you bet. Um, first off, my husband, he started it about nine months ago, right when I was finishing the book process, he read my book. And he was like, Oh, my gosh, I get it. <laughs> um, so he used to eat one Kit Kat bar a day. It was this thing he would go to the convenience store, he would buy a Kit Kat bar, he would drink it with like two liters of water. And that was just what he did ever since I can remember. That's what he had as a snack. Um, and now we were uh, we got upgraded on a flight recently, which never happens um, to business class. And they offered they had an entire tray of Kit Kat bars, all different types. And Kevin looked at it. He's like, "No." And I looked at him like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, <laughs> I don't. This man? <laughs> I don't. I don't want one." And it was this amazing moment of just. He. It's not like he was forcing himself not to want it. It just he didn't want it. So that was a big thing that I noticed time and time again of people just not interested in the foods that used to control them and that mm-hmm. made them moody and uh, hungrier and things like that. And then. I think another one is when I was on uh, the first leg of my book tour, I think it was Toronto, there was a woman that came um, and she she stood for the whole time and she was looking at me like bright eyed and she came up to me later and we had a conversation and she said that she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's a couple of years ago um, and that she had used the ketogenic diet and then found my protocol and she'd been using that since then um, and she's been able to maintain stage one, she can live by herself, she doesn't need care, uh, she just has to be careful with how many carbohydrates she eats um, and it was just such a magical moment wow. she kept saying thank you and I'm like oh I didn't do anything I just shared some information you did all the mm-hmm. things but to just my my grandpa struggled with Alzheimer's for 
um, a couple of months before he ended up passing away. And I was quite young and I remember how hard it was on our whole family for him to turn that quickly. Mm -hmm. And so for, for me to speak with somebody that was diagnosed with Alzheimer's years ago, being able to maintain it on a ketogenic diet and reverse a lot of the things that was happening to her was just I don't know, it came full circle. I was crying, she was crying. It was really emotional. Wow. Um, I think too, it's just like empowering um, people to start feeling good. Like your message, Ryan, earlier about knowing what you want and how you want it and how you want to feel and then knowing that you know, a ketogenic diet or some form of it is allowing you to have that life. I mean, how powerful is that? Some of us search decades to feel mm. this good. You know, and, and sometimes we go toward alcohol or mm -hmm. Um, some sort of addiction, whether it be an addiction in a relationship that's toxic or, you know, to be able to find nourishment um, and uh, complete happiness and wholeness from the way that we choose to uh, feed our bodies is just such a powerful thing. So I see that over and over again of people just waking up to the fact that they can feel good and they know how to achieve it. So it's pretty awesome. Leanne Vogel, the author of The Keto Diet, The Complete Guide to a High-Fat Diet. Heal your body and regain your confidence. Leanne, I hope that um, with this conversation today and sharing it on the podcast, I really hope that we have some people who go about, they pick up this book, they give it a read, and uh, I hope that we can add a few more awesome success stories um, to that list of uh, people who've tried the diet and found amazing results. So thank you so much for being on the show. I greatly appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Ryan. All right, my friends, there we have it. That's the Keto Diet, the complete guide to a high-fat diet with Leanne Vogel. I hope you enjoyed the show, and like I said at the very top, use this episode as an introduction to the ketogenic diet. Use this just as a springboard to want to learn more about it. If you're interested in it, and if you think this is something that might be right for you, then I would highly recommend you go see your doctor, ask them about it, and uh, again, inform yourself. Learn as much about it as possible before you begin, and you never know. It just might be the thing that helps you change the course of your direction if you are having diet problems or health problems, and you're looking for something that might help. This might be the thing for you. All right, my friends, thank you so much for tuning in again this week. Don't forget, get your ratings, get your reviews in. It's a free prize for the MacBook Air all I need is the screen capture of your rating, of your review. Just send it to me by email, ryan.calajury at me.com. Also, don't forget to follow me on LinkedIn. Just send me a follow request. Catch me on Instagram or Facebook as well, too. And I uh, would be happy to connect with you and see the people who are out there listening to the show. All right, my friends, that is a wrap. So thank you so much again for listening this week. I will catch you back here next week when I have a brand new book, brand new Golden Nuggets, an interview with the author. And again, just here to save you a little bit of time. Thank you so much for listening again this week. Have a fantastic week. I love you guys. I'm going to share something with you. I'm going to tell you something that every successful person has to do, including you. Believe it or not, every successful person in this world has jumped. I'm going to tell you what I mean by that. You eventually, you are going to have to jump. You cannot just exist in this life. You have got to try to live. If you are waking up thinking that there's got to be more to your life than it is, 
Man, believe that it is. Believe in your heart of hearts that it is. But to get to that life, you're going to have to jump. I'll tell you why I call it jumping. See, God, when he created all of us, he gave every last one of us a gift at birth. He never created a soul without endowing them with a gift. You just got to quit looking at gifts as running, jumping, singing, and dance. It's more than that. It's if you know how to network, if you can connect dots, if you draw, if you teach. Some of y'all fry chicken better than anybody else. Bake pie. Some of you cut hair, color hair. Some people do grass. I got a partner, man. We never wanted to go out with us because we stayed out too late. Come on, man, go out with now. I got to get up early, mom. Cutting Miss Johnson grass. We kept laughing at this dude. Cutting grass. How much they pay you? He got a landscaping company in Cleveland worth $4 million. Because all he do is cut grass. But he was gifted at it. I got a partner on a detail shop, make $800,000 a year detailing cars. He got six mobile trucks running around. $800,000 a year. All he do is detail cars. That's his gift. That's what he loved to do. You've got to identify that gift. Now listen to me. When you see people in life, when you're standing on the cliff of life, and you see people soaring by, when you see people soaring, going to exotic places, you hear about them doing wonderful things, maybe you look up the street and your neighbor just gets a car every year, every two years, you know, how is he doing that? Have you ever thought, maybe this person right here has identified their gift and is living in their gift? Because your Bible says, this your Bible, says your gift will make room for you. Your gift, not your education. You go get an education, that's nice. But if you don't use your gift, that education only gonna take you so far. I know a lot of people got degrees, man. They ain't even use it. It's your gift. But the only way for you to soar is you got to jump. You got to take that gift that's packed away on your back. You got to jump off that cliff and pull that cord. That gift opens up and provides the soil. If you don't ever use it, you're gonna just go to work. And if you're getting up going to work on a job every day that you hate going to, that ain't living, man. You just existed. At one point in time, you ought to see what living's like. But the only way to see what living's like, you gotta jump. And here the problem. Let me just be real with you. When you first jump, let me tell you something. Your parachute will not open right away. I, I'm sorry. I, I wish I could tell you it did, but it don't. When you jump, it's not going to open right away. You're going to hit them rocks. You're going to get some skin tore off on them cliffs. You're going to get all your clothes tore off. You're going to get some cuts on you. You're going to be bleeding pretty bad. But eventually, eventually, the parachute has to open. That is a promise of God. That ain't a theory, that's a promise. His promises is true, because listen to me, you cannot name one single thing God has not gotten you through. Name it. And if he ain't got you through it, he currently pulling you through it right now. And the living proof of it is you sitting in here. If he hadn't got you through it, you wouldn't even be here. So if he ain't never not got you through it, why would he not let your parachute open? 
He, it has to open, man. But now you got to jump, though. Now, here's another thing. You can play it safe and deal without the cuts and the tags. And you can stand on that cliff of life forever safe. But if you don't jump, I got another promise I can make you. Your parachute will never open. You'll never know. You'll never know what God really has. See, your God has a wonderful life. Once again, I'm going to refer to your Bible. Now, you go down there, you memorize these scriptures, you don't apply them to yourself. Your Bible says that he comes to give you life and give you life more abundantly. If I were you, I would jump. Because that's the only way to get to that abundant life. You got to jump, man. You got to take a chance. Now, when I get through talking, there are those of you who discuss this in the car. Well, I got bills. And I got, I got bills. I, whether you stay on the cliff or you jump, you're going to have bills. Well, if I quit my job, I'm going to ruin my credit. If you got a job, you're living check to check. Even if you got A1 credit, you can't buy nothing else no damn way. At one point in time, man, do yourself a favor. Go, go see what God really do. God hold you up, man. He ain't going to let you fall. He ain't bring you this far and let you fall. Do yourself a favor, man. Before you leave this world, before you die, jump. Just jump one time. Just jump. Thank you very much.